Kat. And I'm Kurt, and you're listening to Kat and Kurt's TV Review. Welcome to episode 56, I've Got Friends on the Line. This week we're discussing series 4, episode 13 of Doctor Who, Journey's End, and season 3, episode 21 of Buffy, Graduation Day, part 1. As always, we suggest you watch the episodes before you listen to the broadcast. Also, if you haven't done so already, you may want to listen to our first podcast to get an idea of our methodology. All right. Okay. So, uh, journey's end. Uh-huh. A lot of endings yes. going on. But uh, before we talk about them, I think you had a few notes you wanted to share. On yes. Production. I just, I do have a few things um, that are worth sharing. Um, mostly about reception of this episode. Um, so... On the Mighty 200 poll, which I've referenced uh, several times before, this ranked uh, number 13. Uh, the, the, these two episodes together, I should say, ranked number 13. Um, and uh, the list that Hoovy and Net did for the 50th anniversary, um, they put it at number 3. Um, it also, in uh, Britain, they have something sort of like Nielsen ratings. They do these audience appreciation index ratings that they like have a sample home sample of homes across the country mm -hmm. that they like you know check what they watch and they take feedback of you know you rank how much did you like or not like a program um yeah. and most things get in like it sounds like in the 60 70 80 range is what sort of normal you know it, uh, an 80 something is considered you know good um, and, um, th these are actually, I found out, the only episodes ever, so that's classic and new who, to rank, they ranked 90, they got a 91 average, which mm. anything over 90 is considered exceptional. It's like the highest you can get. And it's extremely rare. So, um, kind of interesting that these ones made it that high and they're the only ones to do that so far in 50 years. Um, but I do want to say it's not without uh, controversy. These tend to be very polarizing episodes, you know, that it, they're a little bit maybe um, more popular than Love and Monsters, but with the same sort of love it or hate it. Kind, you know, for some people, this is a an, an example of the excess of Russell Davies, you know, that you yeah, know, we can maybe sure. talk about. And we can we can maybe talk about I can that, see that as we go through the episode, um, but just and and that's you'll find plenty of vocal support for that you know but you also have that these were you know by the evidence of these polls also very well received um, so you have kind of two opposing viewpoints there um, so you know I have some things we can maybe talk about a little bit later but um. I want to say that uh, Stephen Moffat, when when BBC America was doing those um, retrospectives leading mm -hmm. up to the 50th, they did like a different doctor each month and they right. did like a little documentary and then they picked Moffat got to choose an episode for each doctor and kind of give his little 30 second introduction as to why he chose that episode. Um, these were the two that he chose for the 10th doctor. So... Um, you know, you know, you can kind of see it as the culmination of the Russell Davies era. So it's good from that point of view. Like it's the only, you know, the it's the episode if you want to get 
everybody in there really right. like you know yeah, you get sure. to see everybody so that makes sense um but it wasn't just practical reasons you know he also praised the episode so i'm going to quote moffat um he says what you're seeing here is russell at his most confident he knows his show is a huge hit and he's having the impertinence the cheek and no one <laughs> would deny him it to celebrate that fact so and he says these are some of his favorites of the modern show so, uh, you know, just want to kind of bring that up that we want to acknowledge all viewpoints that this is a very, I think, one of the more uh, heavily debated episodes in terms of you'll get people who passionately think it's one of the best and you'll get people who passionately think it's absolute crap. So, <laughs> yeah, just worth pointing out and maybe we can, you know, see how we feel or find a healthy medium we'll we'll see so um anyway yeah i don't which is interesting i guess from uh from my standpoint because okay i mean they're good episodes so i can understand the people who love it the people who say it's absolute crap i guess i have a little harder time understanding that because then then why are you watching doctor who at all because it sure, seems like sure. like most episodes have some of this in them you know okay. what i mean like some and of the like and maybe that's just it is is that it's sure. over the top or something sure sure and you know what i was gonna save it but why don't i just do this now so i have a quote from that blogger philip sandifer who i quote a lot um mm -hmm. and i think he kind of hits the nail on the head um so he says uh and it's not just one thing that bothers people but this is one aspect of it he says there's an odd tendency with people responding to this story to consider the TARDIS towing the Earth back home to be terribly silly while not being at all bothered by a weapon <laughs> called the reality bomb that right. uses Z-neutrino energy flattened by the alignment of the planets into a single string transmitted by a set of 27 planets stolen through space and time. This is, to say the least, an idiosyncratic aesthetic judgment. Um, and so he says, so, "That's a nice way of saying it's a, it's a polite way of saying it." So he says, uh, "So he says that gives the game away, really. It's only yeah. because the story opts to give the Daleks the privileged position of being massive, epic threats that they have any sort of narrative power at all. Absent that narratological decision, they're just salt shakers with plungers and whisks." And so Donna's move in the end is to reject that aesthetic in favor of an aesthetic of giddy joy in which K-9 helps tow the earth back into place. If you would seriously prefer a show in which reality itself is destroyed by genocidal tyrants, you are kindly invited to re-examine your priorities in life. Meanwhile, the rest of the world will be having a great time without you. So, <laughs> I don't know, like... I think the first time I watched it, it did, some of the excess did strike me, and I don't know that this is necessarily, I think there's sometimes, when you're trying to fit in all the characters and all the plot lines, it can feel a little bit overwhelmed, um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I know that there are people who just see this episode as uh, fan wank. You know, it's just how many sure, bits of, sure. how many characters, how many bits of continuity can we, you know, but. Right. And the inside know, illusions, you know, little jokes sure, or, or sure. whatever. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, I think Sandifer's point is a good one, which is, 
it's you know at the end of the day it's emphasizing the fun of the show and it it's it's not like the show isn't silly on a regular basis um and so you have to kind of let you have to give you know russell the credit to just go ahead and celebrate this before he moves on from it you know um and i think we can also talk about the episode why there are good narrative reasons why that needs to be as well it's not just oh we want to have a big party before we all leave the show or something it's like there's actual story reasons i think why the plot goes the way it does you know right it makes sense from like a uh, I guess a narrative perspective as well. So, sure. Um, anyway, very very interesting. Well, so talking about sort of the march of all the, you know, companions and uh-huh. minor characters who we've seen, um, that's kind of where I wanted to start, which yeah. is with actually the the journey's end, so to yes. speak, and the saying goodbye because. It it was really striking. The the I, it sort of hit me more the second time I watched it because you kind of know it's coming. Um, I think that you you just sort of realize that you know yeah you have this uh, whole uh, array of people who you've gotten to know, and you know I'll have to admit my opinions of Mickey and Jackie and well they were probably the only two that I really. <laughs> had poor opinions of and not even always i never really had a poor opinion i think of jackie it's just i think i kind of felt more that she was a little annoying at times or whatever but like yeah i was right up front not a very big fan of mickey you know this and sort of begrudgingly along the way admitted when he you know did some things that were somewhat heroic or whatever, but, (laughs) but, but I have to admit, I've come to like Mickey and, and, you know, good on him for, for the changes he went through and sort of knowing what he's doing. And so I don't mean to pick on him alone, but you get all of these, you get Sarah Jane, you get Jack, you get Martha, you get Mickey and Jackie and, and Rose and, um, and then ultimately Donna having all these goodbyes. So I just, especially considering that, you know, a lot of these characters, because the storyline's so complex and whatever, like you don't get much from from them throughout the story. These are sort of the moments that they're, you know, yeah. shining. Um, yeah. You know, so I guess just to go sort of through them quickly well, one by I, one. I think I want to just mention this too. I think I said this a couple of minutes ago that like it struck me recently that every Russell Davies finale could be called the parting of the ways that that's really the signature (laughs) that's his signature end of season you know thing um you know and that's embedded in the show i mean we've talked about change you know that the doctor's always changing the companions are always changing there's always this um coming together and then coming apart you know Mm -hmm. um which is kind of in the way the story goes but uh it's kind of striking how you know, the ninth doctor leaves and then Rose leaves and then Martha leaves. And then now Donna's leaving, but everybody's leaving. So it's, um, you know, but, but it's all of them now. So there's that sense of, um, you know, it's not just one after the other, but like a cumulative building up 
of things, yeah. you know, and this yeah. feels very climactic, I think. Um, although yeah. not totally climactic, but anyway. Yeah. And, and sort of, um, melancholically cathartic i guess would be like maybe another way to put it but but yeah so i i just want to sort of go through each one because i i don't think we'll have time to talk about all of the characters yeah (laughs) um you know sort of in depth obviously but but you get um so you get sarah jane and and i just love that you know she sort of calls him out right she goes you know you act like such a lonely man but look at you you've got the biggest family on earth and and it really does sort of hit home because, yeah, like the whole we've heard all of these illusions about the doctor's loneliness. And I, I think sort of the quintessential moment of the girl in the fireplace, you know, when yeah. when you have the two way door opening and, and you know, she talks about um, not just being lonely now, but having always been alone yeah. since a child, you know. Um, so I just I really like that because. I mean, she is in a way the one who's known him the longest. So yeah. you kind of get that. You you get that almost. And and she is a mother now, which I guess yeah. you know she wasn't before, and that kind of thing. You do get that sort of motherly, like, I know you really, yeah, like you know, yeah. like like you like to pretend, but but really you have a lot of people on your side, and and that's not to negate his feelings that, you know, I mean, I'm sure he is lonely at times and very lonely, but, and that's why he needs a companion, but there is a sort of sense there that like, you know, you do have the whole world on your side, quite literally, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I like that. Yeah. I like, I like that she, and, and especially knowing, and I don't know if she shows up again at all, but I know that the actress who plays her is now passed away. Yes. And I don't know how long after this episode that happened, but you know, there couldn't have been too many more times, if any, that, mm-hmm. you know, she would have been able to see him. So, um, yeah, very, and I'm not looking for you to give away cause that, you know, no spoilers, but, sure. um, yeah, you know, no, that, but it gives it like a poignancy to it. Yeah, that sort of thing that obviously wouldn't have happened at the time, but now sort of in retrospect sort of seems like, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it adds to it. Um, yeah. So uh, then you get Jack. <laughs> and what's yeah. what's the doctor's comment? I told you no teleport. That's it. <laughs> it's like, Give it's me like that the, back. get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The very, the very succinct, you know, but but well, playful, but, but you, you know? get you get with Jack and Martha, you get the salutes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The right. the soldiers, I guess. Um, you know, and he doesn't snap at them and tell them don't salute. He does it back. So, um, right. You know, not quite as formal as they are, but you get like that from Jack and Martha. You get that kind of respect you know almost like a military respect you know and he Mm -hmm. accepts it and you know reciprocates i guess so yeah right right or like you said at least doesn't sort of chastise them for exactly yeah Um, even though both of them in their own ways like threaten to destroy everybody (laughs) (laughs) you know just moments before and we'll talk about that definitely but um but yeah right so any sort of the only chastisement is no to teleport. tell Martha to get get oh, rid well, of that too. Yeah. the yeah. Osterhagen thing. Um, literally, he says, get rid of that Osterhagen thing. And, and you know, to save the world one more time, which mm-hmm. is kind of an interesting way to put that because, you know, she was the one threatening it, of course. Um, right. But it's it's sort of like, save it by making that not even a possibility anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Yeah, she so, would be saving the world by getting rid of it. Right. Right. Or or and and not just now, but sort of in a time travelery way also in the future, because it's just it's a capability that won't exist yeah. anymore. She's taking that out of the the possibility of, you know, options. Yeah, yeah. Um and then you get Mickey running out and, and the doctor, Oi, where are you going? Like <laughs> like not even like He like wasn't even gonna say anything. There's like a decreasing warmth to the <laughs> and not yeah. that I I mean I think he likes Mickey or whatever, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like you, you go from the yeah, the very touching Sarah Jane to yeah. the like you said, the more military Jack and Martha to the hey yeah. Kid, what are you doing? <laughs> um, uh, and once again, we get Mickey sort of. So Mickey's the trans-dimensional hopper here. Yeah, right? I know. Like he, he he's the one sort of leading the way. He he knew he didn't have anything to go back to originally, so he stayed in the other parallel dimension. And now he doesn't have anything to go back to over there. So no, now he's staying. So now he's here. back. No, Mickey's um, still kind of in search of a, a place, I guess. Yeah. Which, and, you know what? Fine, fine, fine. Good for him. Like, he's out there. Right. You know? And a far cry yeah. from sitting around pining for Rose. Yep. You yep. know, that's that's really his big I mean, that's the most striking part of it to me is the there's nothing for me now. Certainly not Rose. Like, you kind of wonder, like, what's what's been yeah. going on or not been going on between, you know, but it's, right. very, you know, with a line of dialogue, you just get, you know what? you know we're we're so far away from that you know that relationship is not even on the cards anymore you know which i hadn't really thought about but when you think about it the last time we saw the two of them together i mean not including sort of rose's jaunts you know in these last couple of episodes yeah. <laughs> over to this uh world but um the last time we saw them you know they were on the beach and they were kind of holding each other and whatever so like there was almost an implication there that Things could have struck they could back have up gone, be, yeah, between yeah. them, but yeah. apparently that's not the case. No, like, like no. that very seems very clear that it's not. Um, no, and and even more so when it's Jackie that he really gives a sincere, thorough goodbye to. You know, not to say that there's animosity between Rose and Mickey, but it's it's Jackie yeah. that he really says he's I'm going to miss you the most. Right. Um, right. So, well, and and because you did find out sort of that that they were comforting each other yeah. while Rose was gone, you know what I mean? And, and like, I'm especially thinking of like when Jackie um, and Elton were kind of getting to know each other and Jackie says, oh, you know, I had this mate, Mickey, who, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, would kind of do this stuff, but he's not around anymore and that kind of thing, you know, yeah. so. Right, that they were close and everything, that, so. Right, right. Um, right, that they had become close because of the whole the ones who you know we're the ones who get left behind kind yeah. of idea yeah um and well and then of course so we go from there so that's like they all stay on this side and then mm -hmm. the doctor takes the tylers back to uh you know their home which is interesting that they call that home now too yeah like like that that is what they consider home and <laughs> i love uh i love um jackie's sort of uh poking fun at yeah. the doctor well i guess it's the medic crisis doctor right yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. that that she says oh you know i named a doctor her, <laughs> her baby son and he's like really, really? <laughs> uh no no you plum <laughs> he's called tony <laughs> but he totally seems to believe it like like yeah. it, he has that look like he can't believe it but then 
I don't know. Maybe it's just crazy enough that it did happen. Yeah. Like, um, like oh, that's so sweet. Oh, it's just, and, it's just and a I don't. Joke. I, we may want to talk more about Rose. Um, sure, sure. I don't know if you want to talk about her now in this particular moment, but just the whole, you know, he, the the doctor, in that case, is very, um, not so delicately, I guess, trying to extricate himself. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's a very kind of weird and uncomfortable scene it's but you very know the, weird, yeah. the, the 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 he needs you that's very me you know like that whole he's trying to like get rose to see um in this other doctor doctor mm-hmm. two i kept calling him mm-hmm. um you know what he was but i think the sort of thing that struck me again the second time i was watching it was was that he's not he is not really acknowledging the effect that he had on Rose. Mm. He's saying you can be, you, you know, you're, you'll be good for him. Cause he was me when you met me. Right. He was very angry and, yeah. and you know, all that stuff. But, but I don't like yeah. Rose wasn't the same person then either. Sure. So, so to say that he needs you is to totally ignore kind of all that she's been through sure. in a way. Sure. Um, so I, you know, I don't yeah. know if you want to talk more about that or anything, but but that was sort of what I was getting. Um, again, particularly the second time through. Yeah, um, no, and and it kind of uh, is taking the decision out of her hands, which is a right. slightly, you know, we might find some problems with that. You know, does does she get a say in any of this? You know, um, right? Of all so, the people here who are the boss of me. Yeah, yeah, who's the or boss whatever, of me? What, so, what, whatever that, however Willow says that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think that's a legitimate point and a legitimate concern. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think it is a, it's not, it's not a happy scene. It's no. a very uncomfortable scene, you know. Uncomfortable like and a little disappointing, um, you know, on the is. doctor's behalf. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, let's come back to that. Um, okay. All right. So, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. So then we get to Donna and, and we've got it. So now, but we have to talk about Donna more than just yes, the goodbye yes, stuff. Course. But, um, you know, I, obviously they've been alluding to something happening to Donna yeah. going back a number of episodes now. So you knew, and, and I mean, one could easily guess that it would happen in the season finale. Like, sure, I sure, mean, sure. that's not yeah. like a huge stretch. And I was sort of expecting yeah. something was not expecting this. I was expecting an actual death. Yeah. I will admit that. Um, I'm glad that's not the case, I think. Yeah. But it's hard. <laughs> it's hard, you know what I mean? isn't it? Yeah. Because you kind of like, you're like you know but at least if she had died it would have been knowing what she knew and and had you know remembering all of those experiences right up to the end but now it's just such a ah it's awful yeah it's it's horrible because i mean even what does the doctor say you know about about the tales of you know oh we flew through space and all this stuff and he says it'll just be another one of those stories that donna missed she just missed and And then she comes in and oh there's planets what did i miss this time and we're right back to right uh 
the Runaway that, Bride when the right, Cybermen, the you know, oh, I was hungover, you know, yeah. like whatever. So, yeah, um, I think to, I mean, it's certainly analogous to a death, you know, um, but also, uh, you know, because I think there were like two things that they said in the commentary. Catherine Tate said, you know, one of the worst aspects of a death is that loss of the potential which i think we talked about earlier as a theme mm. you know this season that you know that she has a future and and potentiality for a lot which just gets snuffed out you know that there's a loss of what you know she's capable of and just you know her living her life to the fullest extent you know mm -hmm. um but then the other thing which is kind of terrible about it which i think Tennant pointed out is that which it, in some ways this is what makes it worse than a death is that none of them can grieve about it you know that right. they have to pretend Donna can't grieve about it she right. can't she, she can't mourn any sort of loss and the doctor can't you know stay and Wilf and Sylvia can't bring it up so right. it has to stay sort of just unacknowledged and bottled up yeah. Well, um, and I think that's the that's the potential thing, I think, is what you what sort of nails it for me, because it's you have this idea of, OK, some someone loses their memory, but they can always make more memories. But now, like like you're saying, like, how does Donna ever reach that full potential? She right. can't like there, you know, if she learns anything about time travel or, you know, even like aliens and stuff or brings any of that back, we're told that she'll completely lose it. Like yeah. it'll, I guess she'll die at that point or something bad will happen, you know? Yeah. To basically, uh, you know, destroy her in some way. Yeah. So, so she really doesn't have that potential and you have to wonder like, how can she ever learn to be come the kind of person that she had become by traveling with the doctor? And, yeah. and there's, it seems like that's probably not ever going to happen at this point. Right. I mean, you know, you could talk about percentages and statistics and whatever. I sure. mean, it's possible it could happen, I suppose, without the doctor and knowledge of all that stuff. But it, it seems like such a low yeah. probability yeah. that what yeah. do you do? So it's unfortunate. But rather uh, than dwelling well, on that. Perhaps we should talk about what she does during the episode because that's worthy of us remembering, even if Donna can't. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and are we going to come back to the Donna end point, or are we moving? Well, on? I, if you have more, more to say about to say. about the end point, I sure, do. We can, um, we can talk about that. I I do. Hold on, let me just find my notes here. Um, because I think that is the thing, um, which gets me i mean i think the scene when they're in the tardis is just amazing when it's just the two of them um it's so good and it's like awful oh and she's and going like binary, binary 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 oh yeah like her like oh she's it's so funny but it's so and he's just so still the whole time and when you first watch it you think it's about rose you know that it's donna you know, jabbering away and, oh, the doctor's glum because of Rose. And then you realize, no, it's because he knows what's coming. Um, yeah, and right. it's, and then, so that makes it harder for me when I watch it. But uh, the part that really, like, makes me, like, 
physically sick is when you, you know, he takes the memories, they put her in bed and then he's doing, he's explaining everything to Wilf and Sylvia. And then I certainly didn't expect Donna to come bursting back in. You know, I think that's kind of a shock. And the part that really gets me is the everyone putting on the straight face and acting normal around her. And, mm -hmm. um, and just her, not in a mean way, but just her dismissal of, you know, that he can't resist saying goodbye one last time, you know, Don, I'm just leaving. And her, right. yeah, see ya. Like, yeah, you know, yep. it's just one of the most, yeah. you know, gut-wrenching endings, right. you know? Right. So, you know, certainly yeah, no, one of the most affecting scenes in the whole series. So, you know, just want to acknowledge that. Yeah, no, that's definitely a, a sad aspect. The, the other one sort of that, when when you're talking about them being in the TARDIS together, that sort of struck me too is when she realizes what has to be done and yeah. doesn't and doesn't want it and and you know says I, mean? I want to stay anyway. Yeah. Right. Right. And so, at that point, you you know it's so is is the Doctor being kind or again is he being sort of monstrous by not doing what she wants? You know, it's yeah. It, maybe a smaller scale than other examples that we've seen, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that just, I was going to be with you forever, you know, mm -hmm. the rest of my life. Yeah. No, no, I can't go back. Don't make me go back. Please, yeah. please, please don't make me go back. Yeah. Um, and you get, again, kind of like in turn left, you get a regressed version of the character. You know, you realize how different she is from the runaway mm -hmm. bride, you know, and it's back to, you know, that speech that Lance gave about, you know, the new flavor of Pringle and text me and X factor and all these things. And like, right. not that any of those things are bad, but like you see that. But if that's all you have, she's straight back to the phone, straight back to, yep. you know, a shallow kind of, you know, way of life. And, and so, you know, when she says, don't make me go back, she knows that that's what she's going back to, you know, like, you know, she knows that, there's a whole world that she's getting taken away from her, you know? Mm. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. It's terrible. Yep. Um, anyway, so I think we do need to talk about the rest of the Donna's rest of story. Donna. Cause she Cause... actually is pretty awesome leading up to that. Yeah. This, this <laughs> Which is, is a... why it's so painful when she goes, because right. she's so fantastic. Right. Well, right. Cause she, he, she, she sort of hits the pinnacle, right. And yeah. then has to come crashing back yeah. down. Yeah. Um, so, uh, well, I, you know, okay. So first lo love the, the continued sort of infatuation with Jack. <laughs> you can hug me yeah. if you want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, 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 really. really you, you can, can hug, hug me. me. Um, and that bit in the, at the, in the TARDIS when she, when they're all hugging and she pulls Sarah Jane off. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, not to mention, well, anyway. We'll get to Jack. Oh, uh, yeah. The the so you know once again we get more of the hearing the heartbeat like she mm -hmm. did when uh, they were at the um, uh, shadow proclamation and yeah and just sort of the uh, portentousness of you know the sort of the telltale heart you know yeah, moment yeah. that she has. <laughs> um, 
but I totally did not see the whole. Okay, so I we're not talking about the doctor, but obviously it affects Donna later. The the whole shooting of the regeneration energy into the hand, mm, yeah. Um, which then later, so I wasn't expecting that. I yeah. was fully expecting to see a new doctor this episode. Yeah, yeah, Boom. yeah. Yeah. Not didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. I would have lost money on that bet. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you you seemed pretty certain about it last week, so I, I didn't I you know, I thought I was. And, and that's you... why we're not discussing things like when actors are gonna leave, because that would have ruined that wonderful cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was that worked out well. But um of course that has import later when and there always was that sort of weird morbidity about keeping your severed hand like, uh-huh. now i mean obviously we see it into fruition and you have Maybe to wonder he thought he well, he might need it one day yeah like yeah you have to wonder like was that right right so like in the story you wonder why he kept it but then also like from like the the writer perspective you know the russell davies perspective yeah. is like did he know that someday he was going to do that um, well, again, good. we're coming full circle. That takes us right back to his first step, the tenant's first episode with the, with right. the loss of the hand, you know, coming back right. and having huge impact later on. So you do have um, to wonder, you know, could did he always know he was going to do something with the hand? You know, I don't know. Maybe. Right. Um, so so, of course, Donna gets trapped in the TARDIS and sent into this, you know, the core of the um crucible thing right that yeah. they're at and and then she like sort of i don't like what was it starts glowing or whatever and and or no yeah. that's after like she she's she like something draws her like to the hand yeah like, yeah um just you know she sort of reaches out and touches it and then you know the glass breaks and the hand goes flying and yeah. suddenly there's a new naked doctor flying there um with much you're naked. to donna's oh, delight yes. <laughs> it seems but no um no i like but, her kind of like quick avert the eyes you know <laughs> yeah 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 the uh you know so all of that sort of just sort of happens like there you know the tardis door closes she gets sent down like nothing about that stuff is really like her doing of course but like um just the fact that like she's the one who's meant to be there like seems to be a big part of it and yeah. and so you get that the doctor too you know the the mm-hmm. meta crisis doctor um talking to her and and i i just love that whole scene where he like realizes that she really does not understand her yeah. specialness right and and her you know you, you really don't believe that do you, um, he says to her after having just told her that she's special, um, I can see, I can see what you're thinking, all that mm-hmm. attitude, all that lip, because all this time you think you're not worth it. And I just, I think that's, that's interesting because yeah, I mean, of course we've seen from the beginning, Donna is sort of loud and boisterous and, and, yeah. and whatever. But, um, it honestly never really occurred to me that that was, insecurity. that that was the thing, right? Yeah. Like it's the insecurity, even though that is sort of a common people do get loud when they're insecure and, and, you know, you always hear like the aggressive people are the ones who aren't, you know, totally in tune with themselves and that kind of thing. But yeah, like, I don't know, for some reason, I just never really thought of Donna that way, but, but the reaction that she has, of course, it comes off as confidence, but yeah. So I think you're right. It is kind of surprising to realize. And then once you hear it, it makes sense, you know, because you have, the mother berating her and you have her 
not really finding a place, you know, as like she doesn't, she can't really find a steady job or a steady relationship. It seems like she's, you know, like Wilf said, it seems like she's drifting, you know, and you kind of, in retrospect, you think, well, that is her insecurity, you know, that is her not thinking she's worth it. Yep. Yep. So, um, you know, and, and it's her reactions that, you know, the, the quiet reactions of Dr. Yeah. Stop, you know what I yeah. mean? Um, so I just, that's such a great, great scene because, yeah. you know, it, it does sort of throw you back to, um, the moment where Rose, when they first met and, and turn left, um, where Rose is telling her, you know, he thinks you're brilliant. Yeah. And, and like, she's like, what? No, that's not true or whatever and yeah. and this is so this is like it's kind of funny because it's it's not third party uh-huh. it's the doctor but it's a different doctor yeah so it almost is like third party so like you know how like sometimes you just want someone to tell you something but you don't want to tell them you want them to tell you yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. i mean like uh-huh. like this is that sort of moment like and so because it's not the real you know quote quote air quotes yeah. doctor it's it is sort of like you know you're getting it from a more authoritative mm-hmm. uh person because it's someone who knows what the doctor actually thinks but wouldn't maybe have that desire to tell you what what you want to hear sure so sure. even though it is what you want to hear yeah you can't like write it off as easy as you would if it's just the doctor you know right right and or if or if it was just Donna looking you know yeah. seeking that you know kind of like what Rose does later, you know, what, what were you going to tell me? What were you going to tell yeah, me, yeah. you know, and, and really sort of cajoling fishing that, for something. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's just, I mean, it's really, it's really interesting that the doctor hasn't sort of noticed that either. So I guess we can sort of be forgiven for not noticing that yeah, since the doctor's yeah. just kind of noticing, you know, her, um, you know her own attitude you know towards herself now as well but but also that he does recognize it and and tries to show her that she is important even though she still doesn't quite believe after everything he says to her Mm -hmm. but you feel like she's at least sort of making some progress there yeah yeah um and and so i don't know i just i i like that that whole that whole scene there Um, yeah yeah no i do too so, and then you kind of like, then they just sort of bide their time for a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> there's I, like a whole hiatus. I, I wasn't sure whether to talk about it when we talk about the meta crisis, but with, with the two of them together, I love just their banter and interaction and the, how they pick up parts of each other's voices, you know, um, yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> him with, uh, Earth the woman. oi, oi, yeah. oi, stop oi. it, you know? <laughs> oi, Earth woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I sound and like the, you. Yeah, yeah. The, A the, little you know, rough. Watch it, Earth girl. And then the way that... Earth girl, right. Earth girl. And then the way they both stop and... Make, ooh, like, he surprised himself there. Like, he didn't know he was going to... Like, they both look at each other like, that was a shock. Um, and then again, uh, we're going to go, I guess, keep going with Donna. She picks up some of his voice later, you know, that she starts to sound you know, with that kind of laugh that he has, um, and the, oh yes. And all those sorts of like little doctorish, you know, things. Right. 
Um, so not to mention I think they the... did a good job of like, you know, really sort of merging the characters um, in a kind of entertaining way. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, and and not to mention all the sort of techno babble that she oh, yeah. gets into that she gets um, to yeah spew off yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, well, and so like leading up to that, right? So that so they're in in the TARDIS. They're, I guess, sort of building this gun thing, this ray, whatever, to kill um, Davros, right? I, mm-hmm. I guess I'm not real clear what that thing is supposed to be, but maybe I, that's okay because it. Gets I don't destroyed. think it matters. I mean, it's all <laughs> these are all MacGuffins. Really, it's Donna that matters. Like, I think that's the, right. the really the only thing I have to, even though I have notes, the only thing I have to say about any of the MacGuffins is that they're all unimportant. They're all pretty bad. They all get destroyed. None of them right. solve anything. What solves it is Donna and the Doctor and their you know, creativity and sense of humor and teamwork and all these things. So I think right, right. kind of the point of the MacGuffins is the how many of them there are and how useless they end up being. So Yeah. Um, well and but I think just the gun, thought it was the gun is supposed to do something with anything with which has Davros's you know genes it's supposed to kill them so in theory all including of the Daleks, the Daleks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so but yeah except Dalek Khan I guess because I guess except for Dalek he, Khan yeah he, he would not be but yes um, yes the uh but yeah I mean so the interesting thing being there is you get this wonderful hint of how the doctor doctor two mm. is different from the doctor because he comes running out of the TARDIS with a gun yeah you know what I mean like I mean basically yep that's what it is yep. so um very interesting and and of course you get the doctor yelling no 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 and like on the one hand he's probably yelling no like don't race towards Davros but also like you have to wonder if he's thinking no 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 don't use a gun don't at the same it. time yeah, you, know, yeah. you know what I mean um, yeah yeah it's funny I always took that as him talking to the other doctor um, right and I don't know why I think that because um, it could be either one so yeah i don't i and i think there's it's nice to have sort of an ambiguity there you can sort of interpret it how you want but um anyway just yeah so that's that but um and you know and then of course you get donna comes running out right after him Mm. (laughs) you know to to finish it but of course she gets zapped too yeah um not killed but it triggers the yeah. The doctor, the Time Lord yes. part of her that she's sort of been imbued with, um, you know, by being in contact with that hand. Yeah. Uh, and you and get and you get her eyes glowing in a very bad wolfish way, which I always yes. take to be slightly ominous. I, like, I thought that like as you well. Can't, you can't. The last time we saw this happen, the doctor died. <laughs> so, like, it's not exactly well, well, the yeah. same, obviously, sure. but like. The point kind of being, ooh, this is going to have consequences, you know? Mm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, at least in retrospect, I think that's what that glow of the eyes yeah. says, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, but so, yeah. So, like, right. She gets sort of beamed with the electric bolt or whatever. And you sort of forget about her, right? Because it goes back yeah. to the banter between Davros and, and the others and whatever. So, 
So then when when the Daleks start coming and, you know, exterminate, 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 then you get Donna. I love that she just, like, messes around with them. Yeah. She, like, makes them, like, spin around and yeah, wave their yeah. you know, protuberances up and down and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, and and I like that. Yeah, and it kind you know, of is, she gets like, to, how, how ridiculous can she make the Daleks be, you know? And she's going to do yeah. it. <laughs> exactly. Um, but then, like... She's doing all this stuff and the doctor comes over, you know, after like she releases them or whatever. And, and the doctor comes over and is like, how, how are you doing all this stuff? And yeah. she's just like, it's the human part. It's the, which comes across as just sort of funny in the moment, you know, whatever. But I mean, I think is really poignant is that that's why the doctor needs a companion in the first place. Right. Yeah. We've talked about right from the beginning, you know, the, the, the humanity yeah. Is what the doctor is sort of missing at times. Yeah. Um yeah. and 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 this is the two of them blended together. Now Well supposedly... and, and talk about talk about loss of potential that she right. becomes this perfect union of doctor and companion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um and I was gonna say, I mean, supposedly the other doctor has some part of hum, human in her and him too. Yeah. Although it seems to be the bad but, parts. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, but that's, that's the thing is like, it doesn't, well, and again, it doesn't that, manifest in the same way. And there's that ambiguity of what is human nature. Is it, is it Donna with her creative, you know, ingenuity or is it the murderous, you know, yeah, the metacrisis, <laughs> you know, right, and, not not just murderous, but like, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> Hol- on a huge scale. You know. So, you know, again, there's that tension of what, you know, what does human nature mean, you know, right. Especially right after we've gotten through this scene with Jack and Martha, you know, again, threatening to destroy everyone and everything so that the Daleks can't destroy everyone and everything. Yes. (laughs) You know, it's like that bizarre sort of logic. Um, So, so yeah, you know, we get to that point and, and of course it's fun to see Donna. Yeah. Well, and and you get the payoff of the Dr. Donna, you know? Which was right. laid way back, you know, early in the season. So that's always right, with the oud. That's yep. always fun, yeah. Yep. Um, right, right, and well, and and again, the reference later, um, you know, to Wilf that the doctor says of, you know, there's there's people singing singing songs of Donna Noble, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, you do get you do get one more oud. Re- I just don't want to forget to mention it. Um, the other oud reference is. Um, when they're flying the TARDIS all together, the song, the music which is playing is the Oud song, their freedom oh, okay. song, you know, it's... I did not pick up on that, So next time you watch, it's in, it's in full, before it was kind of, with the Oud, it was just that sort of single voice, remember? Like we yeah. talked about how it was sort of representative, more than mm-hmm. literal, whereas this time it's like in its full choral glory um okay. you know so all of these associations of freedom and community and hope and joy and all these sorts of things so it sure. you know next time you watch it watch out for that sure. Sure. so so we get the dr donna saving the day basically and and um the 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 well you know except for 
she's not the one who kills all the Daleks. Well, <laughs> um, and that's that. You, you know, that's that's the thing, though, right? So you go back to what's what's the worst part of humanity because she just disabled them. Like yeah. she just, you know, made their weapons sort of go up and become useless and and whatever. Um, but you get the Doctor too there. You know, uh, the Doctor runs into the TARDIS for what power or something. I don't remember what the excuse is that he uses to that he has to run into the TARDIS for. But but the second Doctor then sort of is listening to Dalek Khan, right, mm-hmm. and hearing yeah. the predictions and and. Um, coming to this conclusion that yes, the Daleks will continue to, uh, you know, pursue them if he doesn't take care of them. Yeah. All. Uh. So you get Donna, who even as the Doctor Donna mm. says, "Let's wait for the Doctor. Yeah. Let's wait for him to come back. Like he, he'll know what to do." So I find it interesting that even in that moment, she sort of still knows that she's not fully. Yeah. You know, um, in that realm that the doctor is in. Sure, so, sure. Um, but the other doctor, I mean, right off, he, he says, I am the doctor. Right? Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I have full authority to do this and just wipes them out. And it's. It's interesting because you have to. You know, I mean, even though we've seen sort of like like the evolution of the Daleks and all that kind of thing. Like Mm -hmm. it's hard to feel sorry about the fact that they all sort of explode. Sure. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That's reasonable. But then again, I'm human. So maybe that's, (laughs) maybe that's appropriate. Yeah. I don't know. Um, But yeah, like, but it's, it's that other, it's not even about the Daleks or what they deserve. It's that here's another, Another race, another dead race on his hands. You yeah, know, it's yeah. the it's what they represent more than that. Not it's not that they particularly deserve mercy. You know, mm-hmm. it's more about is that the right decision or not? You know, right, right. Is that uh, moral or not? I guess. And and so um, you know everything starts kind of going up into flames and whatever, and and you get almost a repeat of. Um, back to the runaway bride with the Rachnos and the doctor standing in the flames, you know, kind of uh-huh. visually, you know, you, you see these rising up, but you get the, the finger of Davros, yeah. you know, pointing at him. I name you, you know, the destroyer of worlds and the destroyer of and, worlds. Yep. And, and this whole, which, you know, again, you have the doctor sort of accepts that. Right. But, but, you have to think like, no, this was Davros is doing. He's the one who yeah. created all these yeah. Daleks yeah. to begin with. And, and he's the one who manipulated with the help of Dalek Khan or whatever. And, and then subsequent betrayal by Dalek Khan. Yeah. Yeah. You know, manipulated and the whole point was these. to destroy everything. Right. Everywhere. Right. You know, right. Not yeah. just one race, but all races except the Daleks, you know, yeah. presumably. So, you know, again, it's like, what right do you have? But the doctor seems to accept it. He seems to yeah. accept this naming that Davros does to him. So, Right, and you get that, like, you know, the, the again, that dichotomy between the doc- apocalyptic doctor in the flames as de- the destroyer of worlds to 
all of them in the TARDIS flying it together. And like, so you have these like mm-hmm. two things which seem so opposite, if not completely incompatible, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and also the fact that it wasn't technically the doctor, right. but it was the other doctor, right. you know, right. the Metacrisis doctor who uh, really was the one who destroyed them all. But again, he sort of sure. accepts that as his own action. So, yeah. Well, Very and, and, interesting. Well, and I mean, I guess let's talk about the Doctor a little bit more. I mean, I kind of think so much of the bad and sad things that happen in this episode are, you know, directly consequential to him not regenerating. You know, now I'm not saying... Mm. I think that was a mistake from the writer point of view. Like I'm, I think I like the story. Um, I like Tennant. I'm not saying like, Oh, he should have regenerated, but I think from within the story, he pays a price for not changing. You know, he starts to regenerate and he stops it and pretty much everything else that happens, you know, well, I mean the good stuff happens too. It's because of the hand and it's because of, the meta crisis that they're able to save everything, but you can't right. really say that if those things didn't happen, that they wouldn't have found another way. You know, what also happens as a result of that is the meta crisis doctor doing what he does to the Daleks. It results in that doctor and Rose going off together and it results in Donna changing and having to, you know, have her memory wiped. So, you know, in terms of, you know, the doctor isn't directly responsible for all those things, but he's kind of indirectly responsible for them, I think. Sure. Um, you yeah. know, which is kind of why I think, like, that uh, that kind of false regeneration is more than just a great, you know, cliffhanger. You know, Russell called it the biggest cop-out in history. You know, like, <laughs> so it is a great, like... <laughs> way to scare an audience but it actually instead of just being you know a great big tease it actually has weighty consequences you know think like stuff happens as a result of that um both good things and bad things so sure um you know so maybe he accepts that title because all of this that's happened you know did he destroy the daleks no but he created you know, the meta crisis even says, you know, you created me like, you know, it's not we're not separate people. You know, I came out of you. So, yeah, but there's there's a certain that can only be taken so far. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because so, they obviously are still independent different. and even disagree about things. So, they have right. To, they're independent beings with yeah. independent thought. How, independent how thought, am I not? Yeah. You know, like you, (laughs) as the doctor's daughter says, oh, man, and that whole the flashbacks of all the people who died, you know, because of the daughter, uh, because of the doctor. (laughs) What I was going to say is, although the daughter does Does come back to life. So um, anyway, um, I guess technically she does die, but like sort of regenerates. Right. Anyway, we don't need to get into that discussion. But um She's still alive. Let's. She's say still that. alive yeah. in some capacity. So anyway, the the. Wow, we 
spent a lot of time talking. Um, anyway, we've not gotten through most of no. the characters or all anything. Right. Um, yeah, no, I think that's all. I, I, I would just say that, like, yes, while the doctor can be said to sort of be tangentially responsible mm-hmm. in certain cases, it's hard for me to say that for beings who have their own independent thought, especially yeah. given given the fact that the Metacrisis Doctor has um, all the memories yeah. of the Doctor, yeah. too. Yeah, so, yeah. like, he should still nonetheless have yeah. have a little different approach, perhaps. Yeah, um, no, and I think it, it helps to explain why the Doctor would accept what Davros says without argument, but it doesn't mean that he's necessarily wholly right to do that, you know? Um, sure, sure. You know, but... He does seem to kind of, he seems, you know, well, the thing with Davros, it's like, you're right. He has no right to say anything that he says, but he's saying it to mess with the doctor and he does a pretty good job of that. You know, there's a lot of things that he says in this episode that the doctor seems to take pretty, you know, not just the Destroyer of Worlds bit, but, you know, what he says about, like you said, all the people who've died for him or how you know how he transforms his companions you know into these weapons and things and you know and there are arguments i mean there's arguments to be made about all of them you know because like you said even jenny is still alive so you know you know not even all the sacrifices were necessarily what the doctor thinks they were you know there's not without you know some ambiguity to all of them right um, and he and he doesn't know that jenny's still he doesn't know it so yeah so i think we aren't necessarily supposed to take davros as seriously as the doctor's taking him sure but you can see the effect that it has on the doctor which is important Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. yeah and and that moment too where he finds out that harriet jones died yeah to bring him back or whatever you know to get in touch with them or whatever Um, yeah very interesting so, um, right. It, well, and so now I'm just thinking of more of the things that Davra says the, the man who keeps running, never looking back yeah. because he dares not out of shame. Yeah. Um, I have shown you yourself. Yeah. We put a new spin on, we've always taken running as a positive thing, you know, right. Love the running. Um, but you know, that's another interpretation, you know, yeah. Yeah, there's a running to and there's a running away from. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes you do both yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, okay, so, wow. Um, well, we already, I mean, kind of, we talked about all of the different companions and stuff as they were leaving. Anything to say, we've mentioned the, the sort of, Mexican standoff on steroids mm, yeah. a couple of times. <laughs> like, I don't know how much more we need to say about that other sure. than, you know, just like you were saying it, 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 you know, it's, it's all of these MacGuffins to sort of show like, these are not the right way to solve things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. I Jackie, think that's about all there is to say about them. Jackie is Jackie. I love the moment where he, tells her she cannot help fly she can't help yeah (laughs) um no no jackie you just stay back jack other than than the the 
warp star or whatever thing um you know his his comment about i i can't tell you what i'm thinking right now I when know. he three sees doctors. like three doctors yeah we know what you're thinking yeah i think we know what he's um, thinking um well and i guess just in that scene where they're all flying together you get the payoff for mm-hmm. the theory that the TARDIS is designed for six pilots, you know, so if there is such a thing as canon, um, he, he's made it canon that, that this was designed for six people, um, that that's sort of something that one of the production designers theorized, you know, years ago, and he finally found a way to write it in. So you Mm -hmm. get the kind of, which to me kind of sells the ridiculously silly towing the earth back home because it, in my head, it's sort of like, when you have six people flying this thing as it's meant to be flown, you achieve the impossible, you know, that it's not just like a rickety old bucket, you know, it it actually is more powerful because of the way it's being used. You know, this is how it's meant to be flown. Um, Hmm. So anyway, and my favorite part of that is when um, Martha looks straight into the camera and just smiles. I don't know if you notice that or not, but I I look for that that every single time because it's like that breaking of the fourth wall. Like she just looks straight at the audience is like, this is awesome. Are you guys having fun too? I hope you're having as much fun as we are, you know? So I like that moment. Um, Yep. Yep. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I guess um, we don't, have much more time here anything sort of i i intentionally skipped yeah i know that was an understatement that's fine um i skipped over rose just in this sort of last review because i don't was there anything else you want to sort of say about her and and or especially that ending because we didn't yeah i don't know if we covered it all i think it is just really i mean it's really tough i think it's just it is a little disappointing, I think, because in a way, Doomsday is so good that you hate to see it changed. <laughs> you know, there's a little bit of that. Um, but it's not to say that I don't like this ending, because I think that the uncomfortableness is kind of the point. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. Like, I just keep going back to um, Russell saying is this scene supposed to be happy or sad and him not even really being sure. Um, and I think Billy Piper made a great observation. She said it reminded her of the end of beauty and the beast, the Disney beauty and the beast when you're kind of glad that she has the prince, but you're kind of sad that the beast is gone. (laughs) So there's a little bit of disappointment. Like it's him, but it's not really him. And you know, you get that, you, you know, he's able to say what she wants to hear. You know, he's able to mm-hmm. say the words that the doctor can't say, um, mm-hmm. you know, which is great. And you get, you know, a big passionate make out and everything. But then <laughs> but then that's not the end. You know, the end is the TARDIS flies off and they just look at each other. And there's that awkward kind of. Well, and Pause, Rose sort of know. runs towards it a few steps, too. Kind of runs after it, yeah. Yeah, so so again, you're like, she's chosen, mm. but maybe isn't entirely comfortable with her choice. Yeah. And and so I, I like that 
I would have liked it less if they just ended on the kiss. You know, if they were kissing and the TARDIS flies off. Sure. And, and you leave them in, like, happy bliss or whatever. Yeah. But I, I like, I mean, I'm not saying I don't want Rose to be happy, but I like that there's that acknowledgement that there's something kind of weird about this and, and it's mm. not easy. And you know? he's not really the real doctor. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Not my doctor. No, no. And I think that's a big that's a big part of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So <sighs> which is well, which is why he didn't regenerate in the first place, you know, because she's there, you know, saying. I mean, now maybe he had the hand there just in case, you know, maybe he would have done that anyway. But I think Rose standing in the corner saying, You can't change has a kind of a part of it you know so yeah you yeah it like keeps him a little more conscious of yeah, what's happening yeah you know it's to rose that he turns and says well what do you I'm think s- you I'm know still i'm me, still me right? you know yeah, and yeah. so you know you get the irony of the fact that the meta crisis doctor only exists because the doctor didn't change for rose but the presence of the meta doctor means that they can't be together <laughs> or mm. maybe they couldn't be together anyway. And this is, you know, it's kind of convenient to have another doctor because she wouldn't have been able. I mean, there is the point that kind of like Buffy and angel, even if she could stay with him, she would still age. She would still change and he would still keep going. So yeah, there's still the sense that, it could never really have ended any other way, I guess. Right. Right. Um, I think so just sort of on an ending note here though, I think uh mm-hmm. we we need to talk about Wilf's parting scene yeah. with the doctor there. Um and, and sort of after the you know, the whole we already sort of talked about the you know, doctor saying about Donna uh getting you know, her song being sung. Um, and now Wilf, Wilf goes, well, what about you? Mm. Who've you got? I mean, all those friends of yours, um, and the doctor, they've, they've got someone else still. That's fine. I'm, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Yes. Um, is fine special time Lord code for really not fine at all. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, and he says, I'll watch out for you, sir. And I, I find it interesting that the doctor's reaction is, you can't ever tell her. Like, that's what he thinks Wilf is saying. Yeah. It's, it's all about Donna. Well, yeah. well no. He's, he says, no, no, no. I, every night, doctor, when it gets dark and the stars come out, I'll look up on her behalf. I'll look up at the sky and think of you. Yeah. Thank you, he says. But I just, I love that. I mean, you know, Wilf is obviously a likable guy yeah. <laughs> you know we've we've sort of liked him from the start but yeah um just that sort of sensibility of um very similar to what donna even said to the doctor at the end of runaway bride is that i think you need someone yeah um obviously this isn't quite the same as that but it, he's kind of letting the doctor know he has someone even though he's not with them there yeah. is someone even if donna can't remember yeah. And even if Wilf doesn't know everything that's transpired, there's still a piece of that available. Yeah. Um, and, and just sort of that idea that, you know, there's someone out there, you know, thinking of you and, and, you know, I, 
not like praying for you or anything, but just, sure. you know, just available, sending good thoughts your way or whatever, you know, however yeah, yeah. you might want to consider well, it's, that. It's the only one where you get, I, although I think what Sarah Jane says is equally true and poignant, Wilf is the only one who really has empathy for the doctor, you know, that they're all sort of going off their ways. Some mm -hmm. like, you know, Sarah Jane and, Martha and Jack very happily, merrily skipping off back to their lives. You know, it was a great adventure. Now back to our real lives. Um, mm -hmm. Rose a little less happily, but Wilf's the only one to kind of reach out to the doctor. You know, you know, it, there's kind of a, I don't know, the way that end goes. Even the happy partings, like the Sarah Jane ones, the doctor's very subdued and quiet. And you kind of get the idea that he knows they're all leaving one by one, you know, they're all leaving. And I mean, he right. maybe even knows that Donna's going to have to leave at that point. Um, mm, so might, yeah. I kind of like that there's Wilf, there's someone there to say, you know, I know that, you know, you're on your own again. Right. So, and right. you get, um, I think it's important that so, you know, I mentioned that every episode or every season has ended with parting, but every season has also ended with some sort of, even the sad ones end with some sort of humor. Well, they've all been sad, but they all end with some sort of humorous, you know, note at the end, you know, so mm. Eccleston regenerates and it's very sad, but you get Tennant with his big smile talking about his teeth, you know, right, or, right. you know, Rose leaves and then you get Donna, you know, as the bride. Um, mm. Martha and Jack leave, and you get the, the Titanic crashing through the wall. You know, you always right, get right. some bit of something to make you smile and something that says life goes on. There's more. There's yeah, more. Yeah. This isn't the end. There's more to the story. You don't get that this time. You know, mm. you get the doctor by himself in the TARDIS, and that's right. it. So, yeah. cut. Mm. you know... Just, you know, it's an interesting progression, I think. And I think it's um, not accidental. Right. Yeah. Well, on that note, that very depressing note, thank you. <laughs> we're going to go into a happy story okay. with Buffy yeah, and Graduation Day Part into 1. A happy story where <laughs> Buffy finally, after half a season of refusing to become Faith, becomes Faith. Uh, um, not really not really um, but anyway yeah talk about human decisions and yeah consequences yeah um all right so well, okay before you have a couple things to say before we start yeah just uh, want to note of course so we're this is the first part of the season finale written and directed by joss um also i wanted to just sort of point out that so um this is also sort of you know the end of a good season. We've talked about how, you know, a, a lot of mm -hmm. the episodes in this season are really good. And a there are quite a few people who put season three kind of at the top of their list. Mm -hmm. And I won't go into too much of that now. I'll yeah. save that for a recap, but, but just want to sort of point out that, I mean, this is the culmination of that season that sure. many people put at the top of their list. So, so, you know, yeah. high quality stuff here. Yeah, and so there's a lot not, to talk it's about. It's not people's favorite because the ending sucks. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I think we yeah, can count yeah. on a a strong finish. Right, exactly. Um also I just wanted to point out that um so we 
mentioned plenty of times before that Angel gets a spinoff. This episode uh, was the first time that there was sort of a teaser for that. Um, so this aired um, near the end of May mm. in 1999. Angel didn't, you know, aired until that fall, but uh, there was a very brief, uh, it was just like a few seconds long of David Boreanaz just sort of slowly turning around mm. and then you get the words angel this fall, mm. you know, like as, as its own first official trailer yeah. teaser kind of thing. So, um, you know, people knew it was coming and, and of course we've heard the in story comments, um, uh, by angel that he's leaving. Yes. So, yeah. uh, that's expected, but did, anyway. did people know it was coming before that? Do you know? I mean, yeah, probably the, the because that, the only thing that, interests me about that is how would that have interacted with the story in this episode because you get angel in peril you know um and and a lot of the plot hinges on whether or not they're going to get this slayer blood to save him so i'm just curious because it would have played very differently had people known that there was going to be this spinoff and if they didn't yeah. and and if you don't know then that's fine I, I don't know when sort of the first announcement of the new show was made. Like, mm. you know, when did, you know, when did they pick it up and all that kind of stuff? I don't know that. Yeah. Um, I could look that up, though. Certainly, that's just, that's an interesting question. Um, interesting. Yeah, the, but I mean, given know. that they're doing this teaser during this episode. Certainly the teaser gives the game away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. There it is. But um, all right. Having said all that, where would you like to begin? Well, talking. Uh, we're gonna talk about Buffy first. Um, all right. Shock. So shockingly enough, since this is her show, um, and it is the finale. Um, so, you know, you kind of get. You know, I think probably growing up has been the theme of the whole season. You know, uh, mm. and. You know, we're getting sort of the, again, the culmination of that and, and with this idea of graduation coming. So you start to get Buffy's reactions to, you know, what graduation is. And she's interestingly not interested in graduation. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, kind of a strong statement to say, get a piece of paper, nothing changes. Like, really? Nothing changes? Like, mm. you're not in... The high school, you know, you've spent more hours than you care to count in this high school, in yeah. this library, you know. Right. Um, and and I think for her, it's more about because she's also missed a lot of school. Sure. Because of her sure. Slayer duties and stuff. Yeah. So, so I think for her, it's more like, you know, that whole idea of she can't leave Sunnydale. Yeah. She's still going to be doing the same stuff she's been doing all right. along. Slightly different setting. She'll be at college now. But right, you know what right. I mean? Like, that's just across town. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I, and, I, I mean, you also that... get, you kind of realize, too, that part of it is that before they know that the ascension is going to happen at graduation, you mm -hmm. have her kind of reconciling to the fact that this is going to be another high school thing that she's going to have to miss. You right. know, because yeah. If, yeah. If, if she's trying to protect the students, she's going to be out looking for the mayor trying to figure out what the ascension is. She's not going to sit in, you know, the commencement ceremony and, mm -hmm. you know, pretend like that's not happening. Now, we find out later that 
that actually is exactly where she needs to be. But, you know, at first we don't know that. So that sure. is playing into her reluctance too, I think. Yeah. Um, no, I think, I think that makes sense. Definitely. So, yeah. Um, um, so speaking of the graduation and who's going to be there, of course she wants her mom not to no. uh, be there. Uh, kind of a funny scene um, a little bit, but also. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, uh, Joyce's comment, maybe I should have sent you to a different school. Uh, right. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> yeah. Four yeah. years later, you know. Uh, well, how and, many demons later? How many, like, you know, and, and what a, a a naive reaction to what's going on, you know, that, so. Yeah, and, and also. Her, she's well-meaning, but is still a little clueless as to what exactly you know that this would have all been solved if we just sent you to a different school right right and there's i mean because all along we've had this idea that you know buffy was sort of intended prophesied destined whatever you want to call it to be here anyway and so you know whether you believe in that sort of thing versus free will or you know a mix thereof there's it's a tough question to say could anything else have happened? Yeah. You know, really. Um, I, you know, you get a callback though, right to the first episode of the season of you're leaving again. You know, uh, it was, it was at the beginning of this season where she was running away, you know, yeah. right. And, and, and coming back. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Although this time she's packing, Joyce's things and telling her to go. Right, right. You know? Well, right. It's it's Joyce who assumes that Buffy is running away. Right. Yes. But yes, it's yes. real. But it's not. It's she's trying to get her mother out of harm's way. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I guess I, Joyce sort of accepts that, right, in the end. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah, she kind of seems to. I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't really be I don't know that I have a strong opinion either way I could see um Joyce not being in the second half of this episode not like you know taking taking Buffy's word and saying you know if I'm there I'll only be a distraction and actually staying Mm. away or I could see her like Jackie not being able to resist coming in you know and and you know, looking after Buffy. So um, yeah, I'll be interested to see which, because I don't have a real strong feeling one way or the other. And I'll just point out that we do get Snyder later pointing out where the parents are going to sit in relation to the kids and that kind of thing. Too. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So um, I won't say one way or the other. I'm just pointing that out. Okay. Um, but yeah, so um, that's sort of so, a minor incident though. What else did you want to talk about with Buffy? Well, um, so, you know, the other thing that we get, uh, with this theme of graduation is Buffy, uh, graduating from, you know, the council, I guess, you know, her, her, (laughs) her official growing up in which she is going to be an adult and not going to be parented from afar anymore. Um, right. you know, and, and she specifically links it with graduation. You know, Wesley says 
this is mutiny and she says i like to think of it as graduation um right so i don't need you anymore yeah, yeah yeah um so i didn't see that coming you know it hadn't i think because the council is usually sort of far away and hands off it had never sort of occurred to me that you could do that <laughs> that like you could actually and, like uh yeah. you know and i'm not saying that they're not um that buffy's that this isn't a good move you know clearly they're um their i don't know their ability to understand situations is vastly limited um so this may be exactly the right thing for buffy but it certainly didn't occur to me that she would ever one day continue being the slayer but sort of strike out on her own intentionally like this and declare it to them um mm. actually say tell wesley to tell them leave me alone um right right and so i'll be interested to see what implications that has because giles got fired and didn't really go anywhere you know he's still helping right. sort of unofficially you know is right. still and the he, watcher he already sort of had the cover of being the librarian right so he just kept yeah. that job and, and right right we'll see you know what how that even plays out i think because that that happened this season as well so so i'm interested to see what the council's reaction is to this is it something similar where buffy and giles become this sort of unofficial you know unit and this council set up a more official you know unit of their own or do they try to try to bring her back to the fold do they mm. um I, I don't know what else they could do they could try to get rid of her i suppose you know they could have some way of having her meet with an unfortunate accident and getting a different slayer i don't know there's a lot of different things like what yeah. do you do if you're if your official slayer refuses to play ball, I mean, we kind of speculated when Faith went rogue that they had maybe questionable means as to dealing with that situation. What right. do you do? What do you do if your slayer says, I'm not going to take orders anymore? They can't exactly create a new slayer while Buffy's still around. Right. So there's sort of, uh, you know, bound by that so yeah well and now right and like you said i mean kind of joked at the beginning about buffy becoming more like faith mm. but this is one of the ways in which she does yeah. actually become more like faith is is she throws off this uh you know hierarchy that this very patriarchal hierarchy that yeah that has been sort of running things for her um initially through giles and you know and it's funny because you can look back to season one at how giles sort of acted and and there was a lot more of the wesley type yes in him even yes yeah. and and how much he's changed since then um yeah well you and, definitely get um giles firmly siding with her which right. i like and we've got a lot of that this season i think has been you know apart from the you know kind of betrayal of trust on her birthday um mm. but even that you know we kind he of didn't want to do could argue it. about yeah. did he think yeah. he was doing what was best for her you know i think you keep seeing 
Giles proving his loyalty and his faith in Buffy again and again and again. That when it really comes down to it, he trusts and sides with her. You know, that it's not the Giles of season one that chastised or was irritated by Buffy in the way that Faith or, uh, or Wesley is, you know. That yeah. Giles speaks her language now, you know, and he, they seem to be on the same page, which is good. You know, I like that they're that, he's that right. unified with her. And, and I think there's another interesting thing going on too, is that you're, you're seeing sort of a transformation between Giles. I, you know, so obviously when he was with the council, you know, he was sort of the, the boss guy, right. You mm-hmm. know, and and you're seeing a lot more of like this, like he follows her. Yeah. You know what I mean? He he takes her suggestions. He also gives suggestions, but they're not orders. They're yeah. not like Wesley's trying to assert, you know, power yeah. and and do whatever. They're they're, you know, oh, well, this this might be the case or that might be the case. And there it's more of a conversation, you know, between colleagues almost than it is yeah. uh you know, watcher and slayer, you know, I'm yeah telling you what needs to happen yeah well there's even been times where and not in a not in an inappropriate way but she even will give him orders you know i i think of there's times where she's telling him you know you know do this for me work on this while i go over here that that she's making Mm -hmm. decisions and suggestions that he goes along with it's not just right he tells and she does you know, that there's actually more of a back and forth there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, well, I love that when, uh, you know, Wesley is still even right at the end of that whole conversation trying to, you know, say, but you can't, you know, live without the council and whatever. And she just looks at him and goes, get a job. You know, yeah. which is pretty poignant yeah. because up till now, yeah. she was his job, yep. you know, to yep. to manage and order around and do whatever. And just sort of that, you know, that moment of like, you know, when the client realizes they have all the power, not the yeah. company serving them <laughs> kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's you know, really Buffy is the slayer and Faith's yeah. the slayer too. And there's we have to remember that there's some complications there with the fact that now there's two slayers when originally for however many thousands of years or whatever, there was only one. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, there's, there's a little bit to think about there too, but I think, yeah, it just goes back to that. You know, this is Buffy's moment of, of realizing she doesn't have to, I don't, I don't think, the council being in England knows which way my back is turned. So, you know, yeah. what, how are they going to do something? And, you know, like you said, maybe they're, maybe they have their ways. I mean, we've already seen sort of, you know, the people they sent to, to capture faith. Right. right. So they, there may be more of those types of people around right, right. <laughs> that they have access to. Yeah. So that'll be, yeah. that'll be interesting to see. It's, uh, it's worth remembering. Forward, it's worth remembering that there are enough watchers that they have retreats. They do. I, there seems to be a dearth of slayers and an excess of watchers. So uh, the, yeah. the question becomes, what do all these watchers do? Yeah. And and can they come together to do anything, right. you know, bigger kind of thing? Right, so, right. Um, 
It's worth yeah, just sort yeah, of they, keeping I mean, that in have, the back of your mind. They have academies, they have retreats and everything. They're certainly not lacking for manpower, but they don't right. seem to have a terribly long reach. So, yeah, I'm interested to see uh, where that goes. Um, so, so I think we can see that as a kind of a a good growing up, you know, a good taking control of you know her own decisions and her own life um and, we also and have not some... just that but also i would say in recognizing you know the sort of uselessness of 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 well useless bureaucracy right like like there's you know what's that you know she goes i'm talking about my lover i don't know what you're talking about yeah. and i don't care yeah. you know it's it's that you know, that's fine. You might have your rules and institutions, but that doesn't, the way, just because something has always been done a certain way mm. is not an excuse to keep doing it that way. Right. You know what I mean? That's, right. that's sort of what she seems to be getting at is that, you know, they're, well, again, we're back to your soul trip tick. She's the heart <laughs> and she's not thinking about what the rules are. She's thinking yeah. about what, you know, what really matters. What's the which right is, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is love and compassion and, and, you know, healing our allies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, just, be, just because he's a vampire doesn't necessarily mean anything. Right, right. Well, the council disagrees, but, um, but the Scoobies feel differently. Right, um, right. Right, that's her, that's what she's saying, not obviously Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, but, I mean, we also get these more uh troubling kinds of growing up i guess um if you want to call it growing up but um you know you get this move towards finally after episodes of the question being is buffy like faith could she be like faith why is she not like faith all these things mm. you get her acting on you know and it's not you know to be fair, it's not exactly like Faith. Obviously, Buffy's motivations are hugely different. Obviously, the level of provocation is hugely different. You know, you get mm. Faith sort of, you know, killing people murderously, cold-bloodedly, you know, for personal gain, you know, for, you know even pleasure, I guess, but, you know, whereas clearly to say any of that is what Buffy's doing is obviously wrong, but, um, you know, despite her motivation, you get finally Buffy making the conscious decision to go out and kill a person, you know, mm. and that's a huge, I mean, we've kind of had, um, you know, hints of that question before, like when she sort of accidentally killed Ted who didn't turn out to be dead and he didn't turn out to be human, you right, know, right. um, you know, there's been sort of little nudges along the way as to what would happen if this occurs. But I definitely wasn't expecting to have this sort of, you know, uh, all guns blazing, uh, decision to go out and just end it. Um, you know, and you, 
it is all Faith's fault, so it's kind of hard to blame her, <laughs> you know? But right. it's also hard to see how this can in any way be a good thing, <laughs> you know? Like yeah, sure. making the actual conscious decision, you know, to kill another person, you know, to take that decision into your own hands, justified or not, um, generally is not good for you, you know, at the very least. So, right. um, that's interesting. You know, that's a different kind of graduation and maybe not a very good one. Um, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And, and yeah, like you said, I mean, how, so on the one hand, there is the, the love aspect behind it, which sort of taints it, right? So is it, is Buffy doing this for personal reasons or is it really because they need Angel to stop the ascension? And it may be both. Then does that make it any better? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the the love even is maybe even in some ways the better motivation, you know, that saving someone because you love them is is a less sort of coldly practical thing than, well, we need this guy because he's an ally, you know, sure. Um, you know, yeah, well, and right. And that's what she says to Wesley is I'm talking, you know, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to find a way to, to save my lover. It's this has nothing to do with what you're talking about, which, yeah. which Wesley is saying you, the council wants you to focus on the Ascension. So yeah. I think you're right in that assessment. I'm just saying it. Yeah. Like there's, it's ambiguous. It is. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. One or the other, or, or possibly both that she's looking into. So, um, but I think you're right. I think it's meant to be somewhat shocking because there's that yeah. really long pause. So, you know, she finds out, from Willow that the Slayer's blood will cure Angel. Yeah. And she waits like a really long time. Yeah. And says, good. Okay. Yeah. This, that's, that's good. I'll yeah. go kill Faith. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There's that, that, that pregnant pause of, you know, I guess her coming to, it, I mean, what good suggests to me is, She's not sure, but she might have almost been hoping that that would be the case. Like, this is almost, you know. Yeah. If it, if if you're going to. Well. You know, it's almost, the, you know, the excuse to take care of faith, you know. Yeah. And there's another aspect because we get a couple of hints, you know, uh, even like with Angel before showing up at the professor's house when Buffy's sort of going through looking for information. Yeah. Um, you know, he's like, oh, well, Giles sent me because we don't know where Faith is. And Buffy's like, well, she's not likely to come back here, you know, because killed that, been there, killed that kind of thing. Yeah. And and so you do get the sense of there's there's this impending confrontation coming. Sure. Um, and so there is a sense of good in that, like she does want to sort of go seek faith out. But I think I don't, I would say maybe not all of it is so that she can kill her. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's yeah. more like, it's more like the, we, we all know this is coming. Us as viewers, yeah, this, we're the just participants going to, in the yeah, story. Yeah. 
now this gives me an excuse to not wander around in wonder anymore. Yeah, like now... and, and I guess that's more what I mean. I don't think Buffy has been sitting there waiting for the opportunity to kill her, you know, but I think right. more that, that it, she has, that there is a sense of this can only go on for so long as it, right. as it is before something, there has to be right. a conflict so that it can change into whatever it's going to change yeah. into. No matter what the outcome, at least now there's a course yeah. of action to follow, which has always yeah. been Buffy's sort of motive, right? Is I need something to do. Yeah. It's I can't just sit around here wondering and, and pining and doing whatever. They're, they're, you know, show me who to punch. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, that kind of thing. So, so definitely, I, I think you're right. I think a lot of that, you know, coincides with what you were saying. And, and so, um, you know, you can't also ignore Xander, right. Trying to sort yeah. of talk her out of it. Yeah. I just don't want to lose you. Oh, I won't get hurt. That's not what I mean. Yeah. It's, it's the, I don't yeah. want you to become like faith basically is what he's trying to say. There is to become yeah, a killer. That, and, and, and yeah, that sense that, um, you know, no matter, uh, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Um, what was I trying to say? I was trying to say that, you know, no matter what her, uh, motivations are, you know, and no matter what good, you know, she might be trying to achieve with it, can she do this without it changing her, you know, and that, mm-hmm. that Xander's right. fear is, what is going to happen if you do this, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and specifically, and, remembering... and specifically they've linked the killing to faith that, that that's the right. difference. And that's what makes faith who she is, I guess. Um, you know, that's up for debate, but that's what yeah. they've all been saying. That's even what faith's been saying. You know, right. if you kill me, you become me. Right. So, you know, that has to be Xander's fear. Are you going to become sure. like Faith if you do this? That's not good, <laughs> you know. Right, especially as the one of the uh, Scoobies who got Faith, on the wrong uh, side. Yeah, who yeah. Faith sort of traumatized yeah. the most, right? I yeah. mean, it yeah. seems pretty obvious why he would. And I mean, we know Willow and Faith never really got along that well, but yeah, you didn't see that same sort of um, you know problems between them. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, definitely uh, an interesting moment there between the two of them. And, and you can sort of see that concern in Xander's eyes and the lack of concern that Buffy has about Xander's concern. Yeah, which is, you know, more troubling, I think, because she has been very conscious up to this point that of what, you know, of of not going too far. Um and yep. here she's made the decision to go that far. The whole point of this is to right. Is oh to yeah, do she's it. it's she's not, definitely seeking. It's not just you know, well, I'll kill her if I have to, or what happens happens, or self defense. It's you know, going out with the intention, you know, to do mm-hmm. this and get it done. Right. Um, so, oh, go ahead. But then, so I was going to say, but then you know when. And she actually, you know, goes through with it, you know, which is right. pretty shocking. Um, I think I was expecting there to be some way out of it, you know. Yeah. I don't know, Faith escapes or or 
Buffy comes off worse or whatever. Like, something prevents her. But no, she actually does, you know, stab her, you know, intentionally yep. with the knife. Um, and you just get her shock, you know. Buffy's. She, Buffy's. Well, both yeah. of them. But, you know, but Buffy's that she can't. And she kind of almost can't even really finish it, you know. Like, she's so right. shocked that she's even a little bit paralyzed afterwards. Yeah. Um. So, you know, as strong as her resolve was, pretty quickly she, you know, as soon as she, the second she goes too far, she knows it, you know. Mm-hmm. And can't seemingly go any further at this point, so... Yeah, no, and and you get that it's that shock, right? That gives face face uh faith <laughs> the opening to yeah. to sort of um you know uh, uh push her back and then yeah, ruin the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh because she leaps off the bill, uh, you know, after her of course little speech or mm-hmm. whatever. Um you know, she leaps off the building and, and falls into a truck, which then drives away. And yeah. now, now you don't have any opportunity to, uh, mm. you know, to, to, to get faith and take the blood, yeah. you know, to angel and all of that, you know, that yeah, moment so, of, so she not oh, only, I mean, faith isn't dead. So I suppose there's still redemption for Buffy to be had, but, um, uh, you know, not only did she go through with it and, you know, do the bad thing of actually, you know, ki- killing her or effectively, you know, wounding her enough to kill her, but she doesn't even get the satisfaction of getting the blood. <laughs> so it's like she came off worse in both, you know, she actually went through with it. And as Faith says, it still won't help your boy, you know. So now you have yeah. this on your hands and Angel's still in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, so you're right. There's always it's always problematic to consider someone dead when you don't see them die on screen and yeah. even in a show like and Buffy. And even when if, they do, yeah. If yeah. they're dead, they still may not be dead. Um sure. but there is that moment where fate says, "You did it. You killed me." Yeah. Yeah, um, in and, in effect, you know, maybe maybe you know, maybe she gets, you know, I anticipate Faith will survive at least into the next episode, if not beyond that, you know, that she's not dead right away. But still, mm-hmm. maybe that's not the point. The point is that she did it, you know? Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I right, right. Yep, absolutely. And yeah, that look of surprise that she has is just. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. So, okay. Um, not to get into faith too much now, because I think, did you, oh, well, yeah, I guess let's talk maybe about faith, the rest of the f- stuff that happens with faith, because sure. um, we kind of let up to that moment of the confrontation between the two of them, but that yeah. was all from Buffy's side. So yeah. faith has a different trajectory, so to speak. Yeah. Well, you uh, get her further sliding down the slippery scope you know i was Mm -hmm. thinking about all the stuff she's done you know and so she starts you know accidentally killing well you know first she's killing demons as part of her job as the slayer then she kills a human accidentally 
then she starts killing demons cold-bloodedly. You know, like that guy who just wanted to trade for the Books of Ascension or something. You know, she sure, didn't have sure. to kill him. He, so he's a demon, but, you know, he wasn't... He wasn't attacking anybody, but right. she... What does Buffy say? Like, he doesn't seem like, you know, the kind who's going to bring about the end of the world, you know, or whatever. Yeah, Like, yeah. he's... So, yeah. so, you know, and then we get her, you know, she doesn't go through with it, but at least threatening torture to humans, you know, Buffy and Willow and Xander and everybody, trying to mm-hmm. hurt and kill people. Now mm-hmm. we have... And, and... Killing. And taking a certain amount of joy in yeah, doing it. Yeah, And now we get her intentionally killing innocent people, you know. So it's a further, you know, with this professor yeah. in the beginning. So each time we see her, it's become a little bit worse, you know. It, it like, yeah. it, there's this, like, progression of one to the next in terms of levels of, you know, irredeemability. Um, so it's not good. You know, and and I think that has to be intentional that that it leads from one to the next. And each thing that she does is a little bit more evil than the last. Sure. Um, So you get her, you know, killing this professor, like basically whacking this guy. You know, she's, you know, just a bona fide hitman now for the mayor um, because he has knowledge of this, you know, demon that proves that the mayor could be killed. So he's yeah. told Faith, go take care of this guy. And she does. Um, and he's not a demon. He's not evil. He's not doing anything to anybody. He's just someone who happened to excavate, you know, excavate a skeleton. Um, and right. she takes a certain amount of pleasure in that too. You know, she kind of toys with him a little bit before she, mm. before she does it. So she's not conflicted at all. Um, and so, you know, as much as Buffy is quote, becoming faith, it's clearly the very early stages and only in the most extreme circumstances. Whereas faith is so far down the road, you know, sure. Uh, that there's almost, you know, almost no comparison. So, yeah. Well, and, and the other thing I would just point out about, you know, faith killing the professor is, his his question of why and she goes you know i never thought to ask and so like not only do you get this idea of you know her you know sort of escalation but at least in all of the other instances she had a reason maybe not a great reason but there was a reason you know even if the reason was just because i hate you you know like that's still a reason this is completely senseless yeah you know, she doesn't even know why. I don't care. I don't care why. I just, I was told to kill you, so I'm going to kill yeah. you. Like that in and of itself is just, yeah. you know, the, the heartlessness of it and, and, and the the psychopathy or however yeah. you would say that, you know, like, yeah, yeah it's just really, really disturbing. Yeah. Um, and then, um, so then you also get her shooting Angel mm. not to kill him. No. But to cause him the maximum amount of pain and cause a distraction and whatever. And you find out that now, you know, that wasn't an order. That was her idea. Yeah. That's what, you know, because Buffy even asked her, you know, oh, was that your idea? Oh, yeah. You know, the mayor got the poison, but it was all Faith's, yeah. you know, uh, on her own 
coming up with this idea to, you know, torture Angel with this poison. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I think I think you're absolutely right. It, it's just this descent into Maelstrom and, and she continues down through it. Uh, but then you have to contrast that right. with like the heartwarming, the really sweet family has. domestic moments with the mayor, with the mayor. Yeah. yeah. No. And it's, you know, um, a huge contrast, you know, with, with her little pretty pink dress and, uh, you mm-hmm. know, talking about her childhood, um, right. you know, the mayor kind of doting on her, his favorite kid and everything. So, yeah, it's weird. Like, you're not quite sure. I mean, it's obviously something like, you know, you know, pathological. Like, clearly, like, her ability to do all this violence is wrapped up in her devotion to the mayor. You know, it's be- it, maybe it's because mm-hmm. he says and does all these nice things that she just is willing to do all this stuff for him. Right. You know? Um, yeah. and it's an interesting, um, uh, I mean, which again, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the mayor, you know, uh, he seems sincere in a way, You're still but not convinced. I'm still not convinced because if, if this is the case, if this is why, if it's because of him and what he says that she does all these things, that's awfully convenient for him. Um, sure. And so, you know, and, there's still... And easily lends itself to manipulation. And and yep. so it still seems that there's, you know, at least an element of the manipulation. If not, you know, if it's not 100% insincere, I feel like there's at least some percentage of it that is. Um, yeah, I don't, I mean... And, you know, in a way you see faith becoming more mayor like because, you know, Mm -hmm. we see this guy who doesn't like germs and who takes pictures with the Boy Scouts and and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, That like maybe. Yeah. And and I think I right that there is a contradiction there. And I think I think maybe it's just that I'm a little more willing to accept that both. Both sides are the genuine side. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like you can be contradictory and yet still be genuine at the same time. Um, sure. Because I think when you have things like, you know, again, him taking pictures with Boy Scouts and stuff and he says, <laughs> oh, you know, those kids, they're, you know, the future of Sunnydale kind of thing. It's like, I don't know. It's hard for me to say that he's not sincere in that moment, like that there's not that he's not believing what he's saying even though we know that he's you know going to become a demon see and and... to me this just all comes back to the fact that the character is a politician and i i can't look past the fact that this is a kind of buffy verse literalization of that you know that that sweet on the outside rotten on the inside kind of thing you know and and yeah but i think you know, you know but so all right this might sound strange i've mentioned several times that i'm libertarian leading <laughs> and stuff but i think you're not going to apologize I, are you <laughs> I, I am not no 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 i i think i have a different perspective than you because i don't think 
I think most politicians are actually pretty well-meaning. And and I don't and, mean to write off, you know, I don't, I mean that, I guess, in a larger, I don't mean that individually, that every, every politician is necessarily two-faced. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that's such a common um, stereotype, I guess, mm -hmm. or such a common idea that it's hard for me not to read the mayor that way. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I think that's right. But I think, you know, also remembering that this is a Joss Whedon work, mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it would be, it would be not wrong, but maybe, um, maybe the complexity is sort of the point, you know, the, the mm -hmm. contrast and, and the, and the, um, you know the conflict between the sort of two personalities sides of the mayor uh, you know that would be sort of my only point i maybe i'm spending too and, much time trying think, to convince you but i think too what's going to make the difference is when i i i i expect that the story of the mayor and faith is going to come to some sort of conclusion in the next episode and i think um, you know, a difference could be made of, you know, does that relationship end in, you know, some sort of show of loyalty between the two? Or is there a betrayal? Is there a breaking apart? Mm -hmm. do, do true motives and colors, you know? And maybe I can suspect which way it is based on which way you've argued in the past, you know? So I don't know, you know, but, um, I don't know. I don't trust him. And yeah. I, and well, and, I mean, we know he's I trying to ascend I, and become a and demon and he, it's not he's that threatened I, to eat Buffy. It's, so <laughs> it's not that I don't believe what he says about faith. It's just not, it's just that I don't much care what he believes because he's the yeah. bad guy. So, yeah, no, you and, know, and I, I find that interesting, though, because there is a sort of propensity to believe one side and not another. And, yeah, and, yeah. you know, and that's I mean, part of that's just, I think, because it's such a part of our culture. I mean, we hear yeah. especially since like news reports have become so polarized. Right. You yeah. have CNN and you have Fox News and you have, you know, one side bashing the other and this and that and the other thing. And, and so they're there is a sort of tendency to, to look cynically at not just politicians, but many different sorts of public figures, you mm -hmm. know, and say, well, these things, you know, seem fake to us. We, we, I don't know how someone can believe this and then, you know, do turn around and do this other thing. But I think when you look at how people act, people do that sort of stuff all the time. And, and they have, viewpoints that are not wholly rational and you know very few people have completely uh you know self-propagating philosophies you know that are wholly contained in in sort of uh you know uh, this this structure that takes in and is fully consistent and that kind of thing so i guess maybe i just have a little more um, sure sure i guess though I guess it's one thing for Buffy to be conflicted 
this is a whole other kind of conflicted. You know, the the dichotomy of his seeming love for faith with his willingness to, you know, eat people and send her out to do his dirty work and everything. You know, that's a tough, you know, it's kind of tough to see, you know, how, you know, I don't know. I sure. don't know. Keep in mind, too, that he founded Sunnydale. So in a sense, the entire city is kind of his baby, too. You know what I mean? Like, sure. so there's there, there's this. I'm not saying there's not a conflict of interest. <laughs> there mm. clearly is. Um, I'm just saying I don't necessarily think that because a conflict of interest exists, that means that one of those things is less genuine than the other. Okay. That would be my my overarching idea but anyway we can continue debating that maybe we maybe we will debate that more like on our recap but we should probably talk about a few other things at this point yeah <laughs> um okay um well i mean i guess the other thing with i wanted to point out with faith too is that you get this little um like recap about her childhood and her being mm-hmm. the little firecracker and how she was mm-hmm. the one, you know, unafraid to jump when all the other kids were scared. And I like yeah. the, the, the link between that and her jumping at the end, you know, that there's almost a reaffirmation of that, you know, that, and so you kind of get the, the memory or the potential of what used to be goodness inside her that she was, unafraid that she was independent Mm -hmm. and you know and that that was once upon a time you know uh, a positive thing um so you know where that'll go i i don't know but i thought that was kind of a nice echo at the end that you get her sort of unafraid to jump off of the building you know it's sort of a nice link back to that um yeah well, and with that story, too, I always got the sense that she was sort of trying to impress the mayor. Like, well, of all the kids, I was the only one who would, you know, yeah. jump from the highest point or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and sort of the neediness behind oh, that, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and, and the explicit neediness of her asking, so you'll still need me in there, right? Like, you know, um, the mayor says, so, you know, how often do things go smoothly? And so you'll still need me in there. And he says, always. Um, and so not to completely counteract everything that I've been arguing, but I think that does also sort of lend some credence to, to your thoughts that, that there is a sort of, uh, you know, self-involvement that the mayor is playing on, <laughs> you know, here with, with telling faith he needs her, but yeah. it's because he needs her to accomplish something that's going to benefit him and him. And I think that's, life. that's just the open question. Like when push comes to shove, when the inevitable battle ensues, you know, is the mayor it kind of money where your mouth is time? Will he still need faith in there? Will she still matter? Or is she a nice thing to have around, but at the end of the day, it's his own ascension and his own Mm. self that matters. And she gets discarded with Trick and Alan and everybody else, you know. 
or what yeah. you know he didn't discard them but you know what i mean you know and i'm mm-hmm. and maybe that doesn't contradict the fact that he likes her and even cares for her but i guess what i'm having doubts about is if it came to that you know are is that genuinely sincere does she really matter to him more than the other foot soldiers that he has so yeah i guess we'll see or, him next week you know <laughs> or even and I'll just throw this out because we know that there's an ascension coming. Will that ascension change him yeah, enough right. to the point where, right. where after the ascension, he won't care. And that's, that's her question is like, are you going to change so much that, you right. know, that, right, right. I think that's yeah. very much what she's asking. Yeah. And he says always, but he can say that now. And I, here's the, the, the key maybe is I think he can say that and be perfectly honest now, but that doesn't mean that he'll still feel the same way later. Right. Right. So maybe, maybe we won't even ever have that question answered because he might change so much that it becomes, you know, a debate about a different character almost, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That the, the actions of the ascended demon aren't necessarily reflective of, the wishes of the mayor that he used to be. Mm-hmm. So, right. Right. So, I mean, that's all could be part of it. Okay. But we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> all right. Um, I, we've talked so much about the mayor. Any final thoughts on him before we move on? Um, I, what did you think, think of, so. of, of the, so to talk about our own Buffy McGuffin, uh-huh. um, what did you think about the box oh, ritual? Ugh. Ugh. That was kind of gross. <laughs> did not see that coming. No, <laughs> no, didn't really expect that. Um, hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And apparently, <laughs> oh, it was so nasty, though. Like the slurpy, crackly noises yeah. that they made. Yeah, yeah. It's like terrible. Um, it's kind of like so, eating crabs, except you're eating like, yeah, the shell yeah, and everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. So I guess he's, you know, assimilating whatever power they have. You know that that's mm-hmm. you know, yeah, leading just towards gobbledygook. His change, you know, <laughs> whatever. But that was really nasty. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Um. Yep. And and so we, I well, can't remember if we... Well, speaking of eating, you know, you also get, you know, we've had people say, like, oh, the mayor's going to eat us, and that being, like, a throwaway thing. But he actually specifically says, that's one spunky little girl you've got there. I'm going to eat her. And yeah. Giles flipping out, which was great. Um right. Didn't do anything, well, but I, I don't love him any less for it. So... Um, and And you get the idea from Anya that this true demon, right? This, yeah. this full demon is going to be much bigger than mm-hmm. anything else. Well, and you get, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what, of all the things that Anya says, the one that really hits home the most is, uh, saying you've never met a demon. Like that's mm-hmm. quite a bold statement considering what Buffy has met, you know? Right. But <laughs> Hello. we're being we're, right. So we're being, if we take on yet her word, we're being led to believe that all the stuff we've seen up to now is peanuts compared to, you know, hmm. the ascended demon, um, that it's so much bigger, so much better. Um, so 
yeah, that's the part that really, like, makes you realize, okay, whoa, this is new territory. Um, right. So the, the the eating seems to be a literal thing, you know? <laughs> All right, these references right. to the mayor eating people, um, yeah, seems to be exactly what he's planning to do. So. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you don't want to miss that commencement address. It's going to be a yeah. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah. I just went to my work's commencement, and it was nowhere near as exciting as that. No, no. no. All right. Um. Uh, well, that's so, too bad. But uh, <laughs> uh, or a good thing. Um. So I guess. Uh, you know, transitioning a little bit, we we do find out more, a little bit more about the Ascension. And it's interestingly from Anya that we find it out. Um, Xander sort of let slip something about the Ascension and she kind of, you know, goes quite serious at the name. Um, yeah. And it's funny cause they know that Anya is an ex demon, but nobody ever thought to ask her about it. Right. Right. Like, right. Why would she, Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and she's, you know, pretty convinced that this is it. And she's run. She's ready to run and just get out of mm -hmm. there. Um, mm -hmm. But she wants to take Xander with her. <laughs> oh, yeah, interesting. She's interesting. Um, well, before that, you know, she wants to <laughs> do something entertaining with Xander. Um <laughs> I like their little ex exchange with uh, men like sports. I'm sure of it. He says, yes, men like sports. They watch of the action movie, eat of the beef, and enjoy to look at the bosoms. 1,000 years, and that's all you've learned. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. You know. But, that's men boiled down. But you know yeah, what? She's Not trying. far off. <laughs> well. But she's trying. Um, you know, and. Xander's a little too distracted to really care, but seems to like, you know, be genuinely, um, you know, to feel like genuinely sorry about it. Once she kind of calls him on he the fact that mm -hmm. he's being a little bit of a jerk. Yeah. Um, and just as she's trying to convince him to come with her, he's trying to convince her to stay and help. Um, right. Because she has, this knowledge and experience that the others don't have. Yep. So it's interesting. They're little. Yeah. yeah their, their whole, ex all their exchanges. I, I love the way Anya sort of phrases things and, yeah. and, um, you know, she talks about, uh, where is it? Um, oh, you know, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't write down exactly, but just, just the way that she like, the more she tries to convince him, the, the less convincing she becomes and, yeah. and, and, uh, yeah, just real good stuff. I like too that moment of, you know, Xander's there and she's sort of saying, you know, come with me, come with me, you know, no one will miss us. We'll, we'll, um, you know, just leave and get in a car and we can keep each other awake and all that stuff. And Xander physically takes a step back. Yeah. And to me, that always sort of implied that he was actually tempted. Yeah. 
And it's the physical movement away from her that helps him sort of say no. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah. I don't know. Well, Maybe I'm it, reading it, too much into that. Well, the episode does start with Xander, like Anya, pretty convinced that he's going down with the, with right. the school. <laughs> right. There's no yeah, way. Yeah, that's true. There's no way I'm getting out of this school alive. Like, he's been that's here for true. four years and... He knows it would be just his luck to get killed on graduation. Um, yep. You know, so he's sort of no more optimistic than she mm-hmm. is. Um, so I think, yeah, he probably is sort of, that would be a tempting thing, that if you're very certain that this is going to end badly, um, right? why not just run? Um, Cordy says you've mastered the power of positive giving up. Um, right. But, you know... <laughs> The difference being Xander's loyalty, which we've seen before, you know, that he won't run because he has friends on the line, Um, which Anya doesn't have. You know, she seems right right now pretty much on her own. Um, And so for her, there's no reason not to run, you know, nobody to protect, nothing really in it for her if she stays. Um, Yeah except for maybe Xander, but we'll see, you know, whether that uh, keeps her or not. It'll be interesting to see. And she says, uh, you know, I like that moment where she says, you know, I think something could happen to you. It feels bad inside. Like you might vomit. Welcome (laughs) to the world of romance, which is interesting because, you know, Xander is now sort of acknowledging that there's something between them. Yeah. Maybe not, maybe not, uh, exactly even going both ways but yeah. it's there there is a thing there i mean they've gone to the prom together and now you know she's clearly flirting yeah. in her own sort of way yeah <laughs> uh with him and and yeah. so attempting to flirt yeah 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 but the humanity thing is still kind of it's still a work in progress yeah she's still working on it yeah yeah Fine, I hope you die. Aren't we going to kiss? <laughs> right. Well, and that's that's why I think the step back is such a important thing because they're so close that you do yeah. almost sort of expect them well, to kiss. Well, you're sitting there wondering, is that yeah. what they're going to do? Yeah, yeah. Right, right. And then and then he steps back, but it's like she didn't notice that. <laughs> you yeah. know, like it's the, aren't we going to kiss? Like she has this, you know, whole perception of 1100 years of watching couples and their breakdowns yeah. and all this right, like she right. has this, this is idea what happens, what yeah, happens. Yeah. and and it's not happening and that f- frustrates her yeah yeah so right uh very very funny yes very funny scenes but of course you know sort of pointing to a bigger thing like you said about xander's loyalty and, and all of that yeah. which we like him for of course we do yeah continue to do so all right um Oh, and well, and you can't. So his his jaws. Oh, I love that. You, yeah, yeah. We're gonna need. Yeah, a you texted boat. me. <laughs> yeah, I love um, a good. I love a good jaws reference. And 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 so yes, yeah, sort of confirming Anya's statement about the size of the is. demon. Yeah, you get, yeah. You get him folding out one, two, yeah, and like yeah. a third. Yeah. You know, yeah. fold in this. It, it won't picture. fit on the page. Yeah. 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 Um. Uh, yeah, that was so, funny. Anyway, all right. Um, pretty quickly with Willow and Oz. Um, yeah, we get a new uh, phase in their relationship. 
Sure. Um, you know, you get Willow calling Oz on his detachedness. His, um, can you <laughs> yeah, can you, you not be ironic, ironic detachment, detachment guy. guy? You know, she she's like Xander, maybe not as convinced of the hopelessness of Xander, but she's worried about it and thinking about all mm -hmm. the. You know, she's supposed to be graduating into adulthood and all the things that she's not going to get to do. Um, yeah. And yeah. that seems to be exactly what Oz needs to hear to get him into panic mode. <laughs> so, right. yeah. Um, which is not very panicky. Which is not exactly panicky. Um, no, and I think that's, that is even an ironic statement in itself, you know. Yeah, sure. But, but you know what she's referring to when she talks about those experiences. Um, so you get them, you know, having their their moment, and it's very sweet. Yes, very different from Buffy and Angel's first moment. Slightly different from Buffy and Angel. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, and afterwards you get, you know, again, it, like it doesn't seem to have calmed Willow down much. <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. that that whole are you feeling what I'm feeling yeah. kind of thing? And, and, you know, he, he, he says the right thing, you know, everything from it's different, yeah. which is the first thing that she says. So, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, the, the, the idea being that he's feeling exactly the same way, even though we've gotten a, a couple indications of, you know, that he's had sex before and she hasn't. Right, so, right. you know, she, until this moment, she was still a virgin and, and, but, it's different still for him. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah. uh, you know, a yeah, positive no, you thing. just get, you know, different from, you know, different from Buffy's first time, different from Xander's first time, you know, yeah. with these two, you just get, you know, the kind of, uh, you know, it's very in contrast, very calm and content afterwards, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yep. And it's right. And it's intimate and it brings them closer together. And you get sort of the, the echo of that later when they're at the computer and he sort of strokes the back of her head and she yeah. kind of sighs. Yeah. 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 yeah and, she's a little distracted for a moment. Um, yeah. Yeah. You just get that idea that they're more, even more in sync now than they yeah. were beforehand. So. Yeah. Nice, nice, uh, nice moment for them. Yeah. Um, so okay. Uh, did we have anything G else to say about Giles and Wesley? I don't think a whole lot. I mean, yeah, pretty much. You know, Giles supports Buffy. Wesley tries to control her yeah. and gets himself so, fired in the process. <laughs> yeah, he's he's sort of without a. I guess technically he does still have a job, but as Buffy reminds him, since she is his job yeah. he really doesn't no kinda. um and then i guess the only other notes we wanted to make sure were around sort of the secondary characters yeah um so you get a few appearances of cordy nothing real major but no she seems although to i love of... that that exchange with the mayor's gonna kill us all oh are you gonna go to fifth period <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then yeah. they agree seems, let's just skip it we're gonna die anyway What's seems kind of pointless yeah, at this yeah. moment um, oh, you know what which, that reminds me. I also love that they're playing hangman in class because that's what you yeah. do when you're a senior, right? And you don't have anything left to do. You just play games and stuff. But the morbidity of hangman, um, like that's such a, <laughs> it's the perfect <laughs> sure. game to be playing. And then the, 
the teacher's smug E. They always go for E, you know? Right, he takes delight in the fact that... And you know he picked a word without E just just because he knew they would go for... Like, this is his one moment of sadistic pleasure. Anyway, I thought that was great. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, And then you get a few others. um, You get Harmony. So (laughs) I love that. The signing of the yearbooks, you know, when everyone is suddenly friends again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, (laughs) Buffy, don't you hate her? With the fiery vengeance. With the fiery vengeance. Yeah, yeah. She picked on me for 10 years. (laughs) Um, And then... uh, No, but, like, that's totally what it's like. Is like, I remember that being, like, uh, the one... On, like one half of you is saying this is the most hollow thing I've ever experienced. The other half of you is like, you know, you've never had more friends in your yeah. life. You know, <laughs> I need to find so and so. Yeah, yeah. So right, and the promise to keep in touch. Yeah, afterwards. keep in you, touch. Don't change. When, you know, <laughs> when the entire episode is about how everyone's gonna die. Yeah, when, yeah. You know, the the <laughs> mayor takes over. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. Um, and then you also get the exchange with Percy who. Uh, you know Willow has been tutoring and 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 you know this great moment where she thinks that she's sort of broken through to him and he's (laughs) like oh yes I understand history is important yeah and then you know a couple days I can forget about all this crap forget about it all yeah (laughs) history is Um, very important yeah Um, yeah yeah so um yeah and just kind of reminders of you know sort of again from from the prom that there are these other people sort of around and this is, you know, who you're fighting for. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're potentially, I mean, I'm sure they're going to pop up again, you know, some of them at least from time to time. Um, But it's sort of the saying goodbye to the whole Sunnydale high community, I guess. So um, makes sense that we get little cameos from the characters that we've seen from time to time. Absolutely. So, well, anyway, any, any sort, I know I asked you this last week cause, um, you know, we had, we had the first part of the finale coming up, but any, mm. now that you've seen the first part, any predictions, uh, or thoughts oh. or. Oh, I don't know. Questions, <laughs> which I won't answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's lots of those, but I have a feeling I'll have to wait. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I'm most interested because of how much we've talked about it. I'm most interested to see how this stuff with faith in the mayor plays out. Um, Mm. And how does that story sort of culminate, you know, is it in an affirmation of their loyalty or is it in a kind of every man for himself breaking apart? So Mm. I don't know yet, you know, um, I don't really have a strong prediction one way or the other. Um, And I guess just interested to see what the mayor looks like once he ascends. Yeah. I I assume we're going to, I'm, I'm putting money down that we're going to see an ascension ascension. because, because they can't kill him, but they can kill him once he ascends, you know, that was made clear because that's what he was trying to cover up from the professor. Well, and so um, in discussing the professor's writings, they do sort of describe the thing that he found. Yeah. Um, so the question is, is he like that or is is he 
something else. Right, right. Um, so it could just that could just be a red herring. Um, I don't right. think so, because it seems to me that that's the way to beat him is to let him ascend, and then take care of him afterwards. That he's vulnerable right. once that happens. That that seems right. to be the kind of Achilles' heel, you know. So that means we'll get to see him ascend. You know, they're not just going to prevent it from happening. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'll place my bet on that and looking forward to that and i'm also not sure they have to cure angel because he gets a spin-off uh so yeah. does that mean that they're but gonna... he's also already he's been also sent already to died. a health dimension and come back i and... don't think he's gonna die and come back before then before the next season i'm pretty sure so so that means they have to get Either they have to get Slayer blood or they have to figure something else out. So, yeah, you know, does that mean that faith comes back around? Do we get a self-sacrificial faith? I don't know. We'll see. I'm not sure mm. yet. But it's a good question. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any good predictions. But okay. Well, <laughs> anyway, then we shall wrap it up, and we will talk about all of that next week. All right, see you then.